Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts now be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I was told a few months ago, several months ago, I guess, that I had to do a stewardship series at some point. And most people don't like this, but we got to do it. So I, I feel compelled to offer a few disclaimers as we begin this brief series. Uh, first is that just with everything that was going on, you know, planning, setting up sermons and everything, this just kind of got crammed into two weeks. So sorry, it just happens that way sometimes. The second disclaimer follows from that is that the reason why most people don't really like to talk about stewardship, at least from my experience, there are a few people who like it, but most people don't, and that's, that's because it usually gets reduced to money, which is a shame because stewardship is so much more than money. Like I told the kids, God made us to be stewards, and so when we talk about stewardship, we're talking about your whole life. So it's so much bigger than money. So sorry again, we only get two weeks to talk about this, but we're expanding it in Bible study, so come to Bible study if you haven't, and watch it online, so forth. Uh, And then the third final disclaimer is that stewardship is really a matter of God's law. So the primary purpose of the church is to proclaim the gospel, the free forgiveness of sins for all people, because of Christ, what he has done. Uh, And so we've gotten it sort of in our heads. We know we need to talk about giving and and this sort of thing. And so we've kind of developed this mentality where, well, if you're going to give, it's got to be a gospel thing. It's got to be motivated by the gospel. I have to really feel it, and, and then I will give. But here's the problem. Uh, without getting into the weeds and putting everyone to sleep right away, you can fall asleep later, I'm watching. Uh, the problem is, uh, this ironically, when you put uh, uh, demands on the gospel for some kind of response, what you're doing is you're turning the gospel, ironically, into the law. And we don't want to do that. We don't want to do that. So we just keep in mind that stewardship is a matter of the law. And I can probably best illustrate this with a brief story that I heard a few years ago. There's a pastor in a smallish congregation, and he was faithfully proclaiming the pure gospel, free forgiveness of sins, you are saved by grace alone, through faith alone, on account of Christ alone, nothing you can do can save you. But then people had to give because the church has to operate, and so he tried to encourage people, one, to be just giving generously because that's how we should live, and then also give some of that to the church because as an earthly institution, we need that. So uh, he tried to do this, but the people weren't picking up what this pastor was putting down. So this pastor is about at his wit's end, and he calls up his district president, I need some help. He, the district president listened to, to his complaint, and he said, okay, I'll come this coming Sunday, I'll visit, I'll even preach for you, don't worry. So he shows up, go through the service, the district president steps up into the pulpit, 
He scans the congregation, and he simply says this, the gospel is free, pastors are not. You need to give to the church. He turned around, went back to his seat, and sat down. I can't imagine the faces on those people that morning, but apparently it worked because giving went up. So the question arises, should we be giving generously and even maybe spontaneously simply as a response to the great love and mercy and kindness and generosity of God who has given us all things? Well, yes, we should. Here's the problem. One, we're sinners, but especially for us here and now, we live in and around cultures that are self-focused, self-centered, and self-serving. And no matter what you think, if you think you're avoiding it, you're not, being around this culture, in these cultures, it forms you. And so you're constantly being barraged by, by messages in the media that's pointing you to yourself. How can you fulfill yourself? How can you be the best you? How can you be the fastest, strongest, healthiest, most productive you? How can you live your best life now? It's all so turned in on ourselves, so self-focused. And even when you do get that occasional uh, uh, encouragement to help other people, it's usually kind of couched in the way, in language, that's, it'll make you feel better about yourself. This will make you happier if, if you give or, or if you help someone else. So it's not really about giving or service or even another person. It's really about you. It's all about me, me, me. How can I use things and even people around me to make me feel better about myself? See, we've become so disconnected from that purpose that God has given us. We've been so disconnected from creation itself that we really just don't have a good sense of what life is for and about anymore. Here's a, a, maybe a non-controversial example. An easy example is... I've heard this countless times. I'm sure you've heard it. I've even said it myself. I don't want to, I don't want to live to work. I want to work to live, right? I think I said that right, yeah. The, the point is, we act as if life doesn't involve work. And so what we do is, is we pit this, this problematic, addictive workaholism against a denigration of work, as if work was a curse. But let's look at our Old Testament reading for today. It says something very different. Genesis 1, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth, 
and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And jump down to Genesis 2. The Lord God took the man and put him in the garden to work it and to keep it. You see, friends, work is not a curse. It's what God has made us for. God has made you to be a steward of his creation, to be a caretaker for all that he has made. And he gives you everything, everything in your life, your whole life itself, to be a steward. And that work, that stewardship, is not meant to be some sort of self-fulfillment. It's not directed inward. It's directed outward to the people, the creatures, the things around you. Well, uh, I was at the doctor's office with Stephanie and William the other day. I was waiting in, I was in the waiting room and there's a TV there, just happened to be on Food Network. And I, I used to love Food Network, you watch a lot of it, but don't really watch it much anymore. Um, but they have this show called Man vs. Food that was on. Just think, just think about that name real quick. Man versus food. We've become so disconnected from creation and our purpose that we pit ourselves against the most fundamental gift from God for this body and life. And this guy did it multiple times because there are multiple episodes. This guy eats inordinate amounts of food in a time limit, destroying his health over and over again, and people are in the background cheering this guy on to destroy his health, all for the sake of entertainment and money. What do we know about being stewards of God's creation when we can't even receive our food with thanksgiving to God? Well, Stephanie had a uh, big tub of old CDs, and I'm not talking about like music CDs that would be, you know, valuable in some. It could be used in some way. These are the old AOL CDs. Seeing nods, you remember these? A thousand minutes, ten million minutes for free. Please just use AOL. This is when you know the internet was first getting started. You had to dial up all that. Yeah. Okay. So she had collected all these CDs. They're absolutely worthless for their intended purpose. But she had seen someone create art out of these before. They had, I guess, made some kind of cross or something. She's like, oh, that's really cool. They kind of showed her what to do. And so she started collecting these CDs thinking, I'm going to make some art. You know, imagine a, a, a beautiful cross. CDs, they have that reflective character. You get some light. Oh, it looks pretty nice. It sounds nice. Nothing was going to happen with these CDs, folks. No, no. Our first move while we were at seminary, after we got married, I discovered this tub, and I said, what the heck is this? And she explained it to me, just like I told you. you know, oh, I can use this for art. I'm like, no, you're not. How long have you had this? You're not doing anything with this. But she pressed. She insisted. We kept it. Three years later, and after a few more moves of moving this, this thing had to weigh at least 30 pounds. There's a lot of CDs. 
I prevailed upon her, and those CDs are now in the trash. It was a nice idea, but they were not serving their purpose. Nothing was going to happen. They're gone. So when we look at ourselves, at our lives as stewards, people who are created for a purpose by God, you could really easily look to God and say, he has every right and probably should toss us away like those CDs. But here's the thing, folks. That's not what God did. That's not what God does. Because God loves his creation, and he said, I'm getting my creation back. After Adam and Eve sinned, he broke creation. He said, I'm getting my creation back. And he sent his son to restore us to himself and to restore us to that plan, to that design for all of creation. You see, Jesus came to be the perfect steward that we could not. He was perfectly obedient to his Father, something we just cannot do, cursed by sin that we are. And then he even became our stewards. He took on our sin and he carried that to the cross where he was nailed, where he suffered, where he died, and he left that sin on that cross, so that you no longer bear it. And because of Jesus' death and resurrection, you and I, we are restored to right standing with the Father. We are restored to the plan of stewardship. We are restored to service to our God. And Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit to strengthen us, empower us, and to guide us through all of this, St. Paul writes to the church in Corinth, Do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own, for you were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. We are set free from the bondage of sin, and we are released to freedom in service to our Heavenly Father, our Creator. And if that weren't good enough for you, Jesus is also the good master for all of us. I, I had this dream recently, and I, I usually don't remember my dreams, and uh, I'm not an advocate for like dream reading or anything like this. I don't put much stock in dreams, but this one, this dream really struck me and it stuck with me, and I, and I thought that it reflected our gospel reading well, so I wanted to share it with you briefly. Uh, this dream, it, I was making some sort of cookies for my mom, nothing familiar, uh, but I just, I had no clue what I was doing. Everything was wrong. I messed up everything, and my mom was getting mad. She was so disappointed in me. And I felt so worthless. And I woke up feeling this way. And I think that so many people look at stewardship like this. That stewardship is all about doing everything right. And I have to produce everything perfectly. And I have to produce the absolute maximum amount. 
And so what it does is it turns us in on ourselves and we say, am I doing enough? Am I producing enough? Am I giving enough? Am I enough? But friends, remember this focus is inward and it's missed the gracious character of your master. In that dream, if if you knew my mom at all, you would know that this would never be the case. But somehow, in this subconscious uh, dream situation, I had forgotten the character of my loving mother. And so, as stewards, we often forget the gracious character of our God. You see, Adam and Eve were doing pretty well until they sinned, and then their shame turned them inward to themselves. And they had forgotten the gracious character of their father who walked in the garden with them, and so they hid. And so we see that also with this third servant in Jesus' parable. This guy makes up an excuse. He says, I knew you were a hard master, and so I was afraid, and I hid your money. But the master quickly exposes this excuse for a fraud. If you really knew me to be this way, then you would have at least taken the money and put it in the bank, and then I'd get some interest. You don't really know me, is what he's saying. The master didn't really know the character. The servant didn't know the character of his master. Because look at the other two servants. They go off and they do their work, and and we get really impressed with the fact that they doubled the money, right? Ooh, wow, that's a 100% return rate. We're so impressed. But what does the master say? Does the master commend them and say, well done, good and successful and productive servant? No. He says, well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful. You see, folks, stewardship is about faithfulness. It's not about productivity or about you fulfilling yourself. It's about living your purpose in trust, trusting the gracious character of your good master who has given you everything in this body and life. And he's given you your life itself. And we're meant to use that in his service. So, should we do this stewardship thing? Should we live and respond and give even simply out of the spontaneous reaction to the great love and mercy and kindness and graciousness of our God? Yeah, sure, we should. But that response is guided by the design of our Lord, which calls us to do certain things. And so that design is what we call God's law. And it's so much more than just money, which means that it's a whole lot more interesting than most people think. It's about marriage and family. It's about school and work, and your time, 
the food you eat, technology. It's your whole life. And again, I'm sorry we only get two weeks to talk about this. But come to Bible study. It's your whole life. And because Jesus has redeemed you from your sin so that you don't have to do this to earn your way into God's favor, you already have it. You're already saved. Jesus has lifted the burden, and this stewardship thing is no longer a curse. It's a blessing. So we have work to do, dear friends. But remember that the outcome remains in the hands of our gracious Lord and Master. So trusting Him, let's get to work. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.